from the banks of Dewey Lake, it's the Dewey Pod Monster. My name is John, and this is the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. This is your weekly podcast about consumption and, I don't know, snacks. Why not? With me this week, as always, is the man who hates clowns. He's the host of the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. He is also the authority on Michigan beer and other beer. Sean, how are you doing this evening? You're correct. I don't like clowns. I don't. I don't like them at all. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it as many times as I said as I said it during the Killer Clowns episode, mm. but my soul still burns with the hatred of clowns. I mean, we're going to talk plenty about a clown today, but before we get into that, what have you been up to over the last? We we just recorded a couple of days ago, but did you catch anything in the interim between then and now, other than the title for the day? Not much. Like you said, we just recorded a couple of days ago. Last time we recorded, so I haven't gotten a lot of time to watch anything. I've just kind of still been keeping up. Not keeping up, I guess. Watching Game of Dragons. What the hell is the show called? House of the Dragons. Is it House of Dragons? Of Dragons? Like, I think so. Okay. I saw yeah. even started that yet. The season finale just this will date the podcast. The season finale just aired. And I swear, like scrolling through my news feeds of stuff, every opportunity to try and spoil like what's happened in House of Dragons is in full effect. It's I see a little picture of somebody that I kind of recognize and I just scroll right past it. It's like on to the next thing because it's, you know, we're in clickbait territory. So everybody's got to tell, give their, uh, give their opinion. Like, you pretty, know, pretty sure everybody I can avoid spoilers on Halloween ends. I can avoid them on Game of Dragons or whatever it is. Well, the thing with shows that come out like this is once after a couple of days go by, nobody talks about it anymore. So you can kind of if you can ignore it for a few days, you're usually pretty good. It's only again, pulling back the curtain. It's only Monday. So it just aired. And I think it leaked early, actually. So I think that's why I was seeing a lot of the articles about stuff that had happened when it, it I guess it leaked on Saturday or something. So people got to see it a day ahead. So all the articles were, you had the three-day lifespan on, on all the articles. Man, that's shitty. Like, if you're invested in a show that's actually airing in like a, what's that? That's not syndication, but airing in, you know, order like it's supposed to come out like that. Mm-hmm. And people want to leak shit like a day early. That would, I mean, I imagine you click on the wrong thing, like, fucks you up. It's not cool. Well, if you have sites that you always read, right, if you're like an io9 reader, I guess, you know, something like that. If you're always reading io9 or I don't even know if like Kotaku or that's an io9, that's the same kind of family. But I mean, it's so cutthroat, the traffic to get that stuff. I, I understand why they do it. But as a fan or somebody that wants to watch that, it's it, like you said, it's shitty because you're trying to you just want to experience it when you can experience it. And if you happen to look at the Internet the day before the show comes out and it leaked and you didn't know, then you could totally get it spoiled well i i had mentioned that with halloween ends like i came home for lunch just to you know grab something to eat and i already had three texts telling me like a whole range of like fuck this movie and all this other type of stuff and that's fine i'm usually here to to vent about michael myers or whatever you want to vent about but not you but you know to whoever's sending me these things but at the same time i was like dude i had to go to work i don't have time to watch a two and a half two hour movie in the morning before i get there you are a very good sounding board i'll give you that I try. Catch anything else before uh, anything else over the last couple of days? Anything else before you spew your garbage? <laughs> before I what? <laughs> spew your garbage? No, no. I had that's that's pretty much it. This the movie, the movie of the day to spew out. So there's only two pieces of garbage I have to spew out today. No, the other thing we I watched was was what we're going to talk about. I watched Werewolf by Night, which is that new werewolf movie that's on marvel i don't know if you're familiar with that i've heard about it it's funny when i heard that that came out i said to my friend oh what's who's the character it's supposed to be about because i had read it was supposed to be a marvel thing he's like no the character is werewolf by night and i'm like oh i never heard of that one yeah i never heard of the comic either and you know this i'm pretty adamantly on the like fuck marvel like train at this point like I'm, i'm just over it but i was like well I do have a soft spot for werewolves and I do I love the fact that this is only like a 50 minute movie or short or whatever it is so it's you're in and out you're not investing a ton of time into it which coming off of what we are you know our topic for the day I was like okay I don't need anything too heavy to try and digest right now the, I mean the things I like about it it's kind of cool that Marvel actually had the balls to 
put the majority of this movie in black and white. The only thing you see that's not in black and white is there's like a, an amulet or something like that that has like red lasers that come out of it. I forget. I forget what they call it, but Van Helsing's amulet, clearly. Well, yeah, that's the concept, basically. But I like that they had the balls to, to put it in black and white because you really don't see that very often unless it's for a budgetary reason. And that's clearly not the problem with Disney behind it. Or Rob Zombie. Or Rob Zombie. I do like that there's actually for, I don't even know what this is rated, if it's rated or whatever. There's a decent amount of gore in it because it's all done in black and white, like all the, you know, splatter and that type of stuff. And I was like, okay, well, that's, I was, I was satisfied as far as that goes. The thing I didn't like about it is there's, because it is a Marvel movie still, there's parts where it starts becoming, I'm very aware of the fact that I'm watching a Marvel cinema thing. It's like, okay, he's a werewolf, but he's also kind of doing like, ninja jump kicks and spin moves like captain america for some reason and that could i could do without that but i mean for something that's only 50 minutes long i mean you could do a hell of a lot worse and i guess they have their whole like this storyline from the little bit i i had seen about it they have their own like marvel equivalent of all the big universal monsters so they have their own version of frankenstein and dracula and you know blah 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 not blade but a different dracula Mm mm-hmm I think it'd be cool if they're going to kind of drop one of these every Halloween for the next few years, just as like to make a, a whole series. I don't know if that's what the intention is. Sure. seems like Marvel thinks that way. Like, well, if we make one, we might as well make seven or however many there are. But for something that kind of came out of nowhere, I was like, all right, you know, for an hour long thing, this is a nice kind of easily digestible surprise. So you'd recommend? I'd write. Yeah. I mean, it's a low cost of entry. It's worth watching for that. So. I wouldn't get my hopes up. I'm not trying to claim it's like the best thing to come out this year, but I don't feel like I wasted my time either. Well, that's good. I mean, at least give some people, maybe people, it sounds like it's kind of just a little bit Marvel adjacent. So maybe people that aren't into all the Marvel stuff, you know, like I was, I don't know, over the summer, I started watching Marvel movies with my kids to, you know, my wife and my kids wanted to kind of get on board and like, whoa, because we were watching Spider-Man. I think we may, I may have even brought this up at the time and then we started we only got like two movies in it's like jesus christ there's like you know we're gonna have 48 hours of movies to watch i don't know if we're ever going to get through that but it's it's that's cool that there's something that they're still putting out content that's not necessarily just the kitty kind of marvel stuff or star wars stuff you know so they're still putting out some kind of content that people can watch that's good i mean it's pretty few and far between which is why i barely use that app at this point but yeah at least it's something and truthfully, I mean, they, even if it, I'm sure there's, I mean, there's Marvel's been around in comic books for what, almost a whole century at this point. And I think Marvel's like 60 years and DC's closer to 100. Yeah. Okay. Still 60 years. You got to have plenty of stories that you don't necessarily have to tie into these like huge epics. Like you could make a hour long movie about some random thing and just have it be that I'd be okay with that. But you know, we have to intertie things and whatnot. So. The other thing I, I put on, and I didn't pay as close attention to this as I probably should have, but it was entertaining nonetheless, was the other movie you were telling me to catch up on in Death Spa, which, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of doing, like, putzing around with graphics for the show and kind of doing stuff like that while this was on. And I was like, oh, here's uh, Ken Foray, and, hmm, oh, people are dying, and oh, there's a lot of nudity in this movie, so... It's it's entertaining. I like I said I I didn't pay nearly as close attention to it as I probably should have, but it was it's a good recommendation. Yeah, what are you gonna do? It it's it kind of caps off, or I think that's the first. No, it's the second one of those two that I recommended that are kind of the I don't know aerobic horror health spa movies, which I think are just endlessly entertaining. They're they're just so ridiculous that you like you said it's it's nice. It's nice when we get to watch these movies that you don't have to, like, stare at intently oh, yeah. to get the point. It's just like, oh, this is cool. I can just put it on the background and watch a movie. And and that's kind of exactly what I was doing. I was putzing around in Photoshop. Well, why? I'm like, no, this. <laughs> What's funny about that is having watched two aerobics-based horror movies in the last week now, it kind of makes me laugh at that stupid American Horror Story seasons because that show starts as an aerobics-based horror movie. It quickly goes away from that. But the first like episode or so has quite a bit of 80s aerobics in it with I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're actually pulling from some of this stuff as inspiration. But I didn't like that show enough to go back and find out. Don't care Mm. that much. But that's pretty much all I got into other than our title. Do you got anything you want to add before we get into that? No, let's get into this. All right. 
So if you are at all in any way paying attention to what's going on in horror right now, kind of the biggest thing, bigger than Michael Myers and bigger than Pearl and all these other movies that's kind of been coming out this year has been the franchise, now it's franchise, Terrifier. We're not talking about Terrifier 2 because both Sean and myself have not seen the original, so we started there. And we're going to be talking about Art the Clown and the 2016 release of Terrifier. This is a short synopsis, so I'll take the the opportunity to read this one, and it's kind of dead on. Basically, this is a movie on that takes place on Halloween night where Tara Hayes finds herself as the obsession of a sadistic murder, murderer, Shane was right after all, a sadistic murderer known as Art the Clown. It's about as simple as it gets. That is like the basic one-line storyline synopsis that's like i mean it's not that far off though i feel like it's a little disingenuous but yeah i mean i think for just to get you in the door that that's the good that's that's a good that's a good synopsis i think my favorite thing about this movie doesn't even directly involve this movie but you know looking at a couple things and people other people talking about it just to try to get some other points of view my favorite quote i heard about this movie is this is what happens when your town doesn't have a strict evil dies tonight policy. True. Nobody to parade in your car, take them to the dump. I thought you were going to say this is what happens when you when you find a stranger in the Alps, Larry. I mean, I don't think that would go well either. But this is certainly not cut for TV. I don't know. Why don't you kick us off on some things with this? Where where do we want to start on this one? Well, let's start with the runtime. I think it's uh, an hour and 25. And we had talked off mic after the last episode when we were talking about watching this one. And I think we kind of gave the baseline, like any movie at this point that's under an hour and a half gets an automatic five. I think I actually said automatic six. And then if it's under an hour and 20, you know, you just got to give it, you got to give it a five at least. And that's the starting point. It can, it can clearly go below that. It can go above it, but it's a good starting point to say, okay, well, we're going to start off with a base of five. And maybe that would be actually fair to do for all movies. But I think with the runtime being so yeah. short, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, I feel like if you get at the two and a half hour point, and granted, I know the next one is two and a half hours or so, but I feel like if you're at the two and a half hour point, you're almost starting at like a four and you have to work your way up. Yeah, that's tough because I think even this one, I will, I'm going to state this is my disclaimer. Before we start talking about this movies, this movie, this movies, this before I start talking about this movie, I am a clown hater. Now, if you don't <laughs> believe me, you need to go back and listen to the Killer Clowns episode that we did. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit ago. I would say this movie at an hour and a half, I may be tipping my hand, is about 45 minutes too long, in my opinion. Okay. I'm not really sure what, well, I mean, I guess there's plenty that you could cut out, kind of get into that runtime, but. I just mean, I I feel like the whole motif of this movie, the whole gimmick mm -hmm. of Art the Clown really starts to run thin at about 45 minutes. Like 45 minutes for me was the first watch check where I'm like, man, this feels like it's been going on for a while. It's only an hour and 25. What's, how much is left? And it said like 40 minutes. I was like, oh shit. And then I had another watch check at 20 minutes left. And another watch check at 15 minutes left. And it was just like, is this ever going to finish? That was my, that, that's my primary, that was like my initial reaction to watching, to watching this. I like to throw okay. you off the case because I texted you. <laughs> you texted did. Texted you about this. And I was, I think I was trying to be, I don't know, trying to be a little deceptive. Positive. Maybe. Do you have positives about the movie? Why don't you talk about it? And I'll look, I, this is a movie because it was so short. I dedicated myself to writing basically like a point by point thing of what happened throughout the movie. I just kind of started it and, and it's not something that I want to cover because I don't want this to become like this happens first and then this and then this yeah, that, and then this. That's boring. We've, we've made that mistake. We don't need we to, used do, it to again. do that. If you like that, <laughs> go back and listen to the first couple episodes. But that's right. what I did because it was so short. So I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch it like that. I guess I, I can, if I look at my notes right now, I right in the forefront, I do have, I do have a comment basically on the actual like cinematography or the feel of the movie mm -hmm. and, and some of it's good and some of it's bad. It might actually sound bad as I read it, but let me, let me kind of give you my, my initial thoughts on just the look of the movie. So the way it's made, it, it very much to me captured a really kind of seventies, eighties grindhouse feel 
like the color palette, the the kind of almost this like double exposure, not exposure, but like double image, like the colors just looked off. They look shifted, I guess. It has like everything was shot with the film grain filter on like heavy and like high contrast through the whole thing. Yeah, like the almost like the VCR or the film strip filter on it. So it has a really 70s, 80s kind of grindhouse sleazy film look to it. It's got those saturated colors. It's got a lot of uses a lot of soft focus. The titles, the music at times is very reminiscent of like a, a grindhouse kind of kind of movie. It, it looks like it's in that period. There's a lot of this grain pattern that shows up, especially because it's such a it, it's filmed in darkness. You know, it's, there's a lot of really dark yeah. scenes and not dark, moody dark. I mean, it's moody dark, too, but it's just visually dark. Like it, it looks like there's not a lot of light. So that adds a lot of grain. But there's also this kind of added weird grain to it. It's definitely not only necessity because of how dark it is, but it's it's a choice. And the the color, the color palette. Combined with how they use cell phones, like I think you can get away with that 70s, 80s kind of feel if the cell phone element isn't so prevalent in the movie, because that really puts the movie in a specific kind of time frame, a, a very like present day time frame. If they didn't have the cell phones, I think they could really get away with the colors looking the way they do, the palette looking the way it does. But when they add the current technology into it, that to me, makes it feel like it's more of a gimmick. Like, we're making this movie and it's going to be all 70s, 80s, you know, ha But if they just left the cell phones out, I, it'd be tough to do because a lot of the elements incorporate cell phones, you know, getting calls, getting texts, taking selfies, stuff like that. I, I think it'd be hard to do, but I, I feel like it would sell the look they're going for a little bit more. So that was one of the things I was going to say right out the gate is this is the people called X like a, a 70s feeling movie when that came out and this to me is by far the most like i'd say 1976 to like 1984 feeling like grindhouse movie that we've watched at all for this show i think a lot of what you're seeing with or what we saw with that grain and that color palette and those choices like that i think a huge part of that has to do with this having a thirty-five thousand dollar budget for the film so i think what they my guess would be is a lot of that drowned out color is just a way of hiding whatever they don't want you to see that's going on behind, whether it's art or, you know, whatever else is going on. Yeah, same with the lighting. Same with using the lighting. Like you said, it's a really easy way to hide some of the stuff that maybe you weren't able to set decorate or whatever. Right. Or that you just don't want to see for whatever fucking reason. I mean, not that this movie really shies away from showing you things, but I think the budget is... Knowing that this is a $35,000 movie, I think that actually kind of the criticisms I might have had with that, if this was, say, a $35 million movie, obviously, I, I can kind of take that for what it is because you kind of have to, if you only have that kind of budget, you have to be creative with it, for lack of better wording. And I think it kind of works for this. The cell phone usage in this movie, I actually think is, as far as horror movies go, one of the more clever ways that. They actually use it as a plot device a couple times through the movie. Like it not only progresses the point for where these two girls end up with art the first time, but when their quote unquote savior comes to, you know, get them home, he uses it again to lure the third girl into, you know, art's little playhouse, I guess. Yeah, I mean, definitely uses it to bait as bait, basically like, oh, hey, come around the back. This is so and so. Yeah. I, I did think yeah. that was clever. And and not to say the whole cell phone usage wasn't clever. I just mm-hmm. meant the juxtaposition between using modern day technology with this with this old look, this old kind of style was a little just kind of off putting. I, I, I would have preferred them go in one direction or the other. But like you said, with having such a small budget, I do think I guess I'll add this as a positive. I do think it looks really well done for being so inexpensively made. I don't want to say cheap because oh, yeah. it doesn't really look cheap. I think the special effects for the for the most part are pretty good. Some of them are kind of ham fisted, and one of the scenes in particular we'll get to, I'm sure, uh, probably the, one of the most like I don't know disgusting or disturbing kind of special effects in the movie. I think looks like it could be done better, but with the amount of money that they had to work with, it, it looks it looks pretty good. I'll have to admit that. I think you could say that about the majority of the special effects, or at least the big ones. But you're doing a balancing act when you have a budget like that. I mean, if you think about it, this is only, what, like 10 grand more than what they shot Clerks for? And look how much better this movie looks than Clerks. 
Yeah. I mean, we're 30 years removed too, but, or whatever, 25, 20, but probably like 30 years removed. But yeah, I think it's the usage of the, the set actually, like the, the different areas that they use in the movie. It actually, you, you get the feel that this is a big building. You know, there's only a couple reused kind of areas. I can, the one I'm thinking of in particular is like that hallway scene where the pipes are running down, where the doll lady, the cat lady, I think her name's, the character name is the cat lady, meets up with Art. And there's a scene where another character runs down that same hallway, but in a different direction. They kind of flip it to make it look like it's two different areas. Maybe it's supposed to be the same thing. But they really, for having the setting being this building, it does actually feel like a large building. Yeah, it feels. To me, it feel I, so, and they give the city a name right at the beginning, like the, the Moose House Massacre or whatever the hell they call it in the news clip. They they give it some kind of name, but I get the impression that this is supposed to be a city like a New York or a Chicago or something like that, where this building is essentially like a, I've seen some people call it an apartment building. It seems like it's a little bit more of a warehouse than that or a little more industrial than that, but it seems like it's a at least three level building that has a pretty good size amount of room in it. I think one of the bigger selling points for this movie or stronger things for this movie, maybe the strongest thing for this movie is the performance of David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown. So with the asterisk knowing that that you hate clowns, and I'm not really going to, I don't think this movie is going to make you love clowns by any <laughs> stretch, but some of the choices like the, I mean, one, the choice not to make them talk is, I think, hands down the right choice, but you get a surprising amount of character development from this clown that doesn't talk just by the, and it's all like sadistic and fucked up and all that along the way, but just by the way he reacts to things and kind of well, terrorizes these women and other people as he's, you know, doing atrocities to them. You really see a lot of acting and like character development within that as he's kind of pantomiming all this out. And there's some points in it where it's actually I found myself laughing at a handful of parts in it that were terrible things happening, but kind of really well executed in how he did it. The one that really made me laugh, there's a part where he's, I think it's the sister that comes to pick him up and he, she starts to run away and he tries to strangle her with a uh, sheet of plastic and eventually the plastic rips and she falls to the ground and he doesn't go after her right away to like finish killing her. He spends a good like 10 seconds of scream time staring at the two pieces of plastic like what the fuck just happened is this i don't understand like it it's got a very goofy look on his face and he looks genuinely confused by the fact that a little bit of plastic wrap can break and that's little character development that kind of goes a long way with this bizarre character but then you get other stuff like the i want to save the big scene where he gets really weird for a little bit there because I feel like we'll probably have to spend more time on that, but jumping around to like the end where he's in the car, like rocking out to this little like tune or whatever and dances around in a garage, like just little things like that. You kind of see a lot of emotion through this character and maybe not emotion, but a lot of intent, even without him talking through the whole movie. I do think that it was really a clever choice to have him not talk. And like you said, he kind of pantomimes or he mimes. You get a lot of, you do get a lot of his, his emotion. As a character, I mean, he's like a psychotic, right? He's not hes not all there, clearly. But I think that is a good choice. I think that it does convey a lot of character. I wouldn't say like developing a character. I don't think anything, I don't think anybody in this movie is a quote-unquote developed character. Yeah, develop might have been the wrong word. but Yeah, I, but I knew yeah. what you are getting at. And I, and I do agree. I think that it's a good way to kind of co- have him convey what you want the character to convey without, without saying anything. I mean, it's... If you think of somebody like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees or, you know, they don't talk either, but they don't have, they don't have any emotion. They are basically. They don't have any facial expression. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, Michael Myers and Jason, for that matter, might like turn their head like a dog. You know, if they're trying to like understand something, you can tell there's something, some gears are turning here, whereas Art, you can see his face. And I think on that point. With the clown character design, you're not, you're never going to sell me that a clown is a cool character or character I'm going to like. And I'm not really sure with the design. I think initially with the design of the clown, this is my opinion, of course, I feel like they're going for more of a scary kind of vibe. But for me, as time wears on, it becomes more of a like a punchable face design because (laughs) 
I feel, I feel like with a character like that, and I think it's going to be really hard to do because he is a clown, because you're going to see his face. But I feel like seeing him less is more, it adds to that scarability kind of factor a little bit more. You know, for my money, a, any clown should be punched, whether they be masked or whether they be showing their face or their grimace the entire time. And I, and I know that it's meant to be shocking, you know, his face, because it is so grotesque. You know, his teeth are all nasty. They're black and they're like, his gums look disgusting, but the, the and the shape of his face is any time recently. Yeah. Yeah. And the face, the shape of his face is very angular. So it, it's very off putting, but I think that if you saw him a little bit less, it would be a little bit more shocking. And for me personally, again, because I don't like clowns, the more that you see his face, the more that shock factor kind of wears off and the more it just makes me want to see him get punished or him get terrorized rather than him be the terrorizer. Maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. But, you know, as my general M.O. with clowns, I just want him punched like repeatedly. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I mean, if anyone has deserved repeated punching, it's probably art. I don't think it'd be very effective against them seeing how this movie ends. But one thing I can say that's a negative here in this is or at least I kind of saw this as a negative is there is like really no story to this movie. This movie is almost like a proof of concept and Almost like it's its own little $35,000 film to say, I can do this. Let's see what I can do with the budget on the next round. I, I have no idea what the sequel's budget looks like or anything like that. I think I heard it had a $250,000 budget because just based off how much it's made so far. But do you remember when the first Deadpool movie came out and they kind of released that test footage to kind of get some buzz around it so that whoever would actually pick it up? Yeah, like way before. Yeah, it was like three or four years before it ever actually was greenlit and in theaters. This almost feels like a hour and a half test footage type thing just to see what you could do with this and how you might be able to push it going forward in a lot of ways. Yeah, like like an hour and a half short film, basically. Yeah, you have the characters you do have like Dawn is in this and she's there's there's nothing there as far as character development is concerned at all. Like you all you know is that she's drunk. OK, you know, the one character that you kind of root for a little bit would be Tara. And at least I kind of rooted for Tara a little bit. And you figure out pretty quick like that. That's kind of pointless. Like there's really no point in rooting for anything in this movie unless you're a fan of clowns. And then Victoria would be the only other character. She kind of becomes the. I guess the de facto final girl, even though she somehow has half her face eaten off and it becomes larger in the, you know, bookends of the movie. I don't really understand how that happens, but even her, there's very little like reason to, although these characters aren't like, they're not like typical horror movie tropes and that they're not just obnoxiously shitty for the sake of being obnoxiously shitty so that when they die, we don't care. The problem is there's just not enough of them there to get invested in in the first place unless you're just like oh well she's pretty so i like her because of that okay fine but that's not really a reason to totally get into a character that goes back to what you're saying for me it goes back to my whole thing where at the halfway point i feel like this movie should have been done if it's a whole kind of proof of concept like we can make this movie and it can be this is what if you know this is how much money we have this is the movie we made just think what we could do with a lot more money when yeah well, you know, this is movie's been out for six years, so spoiler alert. Spoilers but when, when Tara meets her end, like, I feel like her kind of character arc, for what it's worth, is the most interesting thing that happens in this movie, right? The, or not her I would arc, agree with but that. like her kind of part of the story. When I think she's the most interesting character in the story, really the whole thing, for what little you get of her. Right. And when her part ends, like, that could have just been the end of the movie. And and when you get the second part, it's just it's to me, it's like that's where the the name terrorizer really comes into play, because I feel like the audience at that point is just being terrorized along with the, the rest of these like hodgepodge of victims that he runs into. You know, they just get dispatched. And the the scene that you kind of alluded to earlier, I don't know if you want to get into it now, but that happens. I'm not talking the, about the saw scene. I'm talking about it. Right. No, scene. me neither. Yeah. The the. Okay the the sleepaway camp scene essentially yes like we we get this whole thing where the first part of the movie again if you would have focused all that money on that first 45 minutes let's just say 40 45 minutes of the movie 
just think of what how good of a short film this could have been. And then they stretch it out for the rest. And it's just like it's murder by number. It's like torture porn for torture porn's sake. And that's not something that I'm like, I'm not a I, I don't that's not the kind of horror that I like. I like the suspenseful kind of horror. I don't mind the goopy. I'm sorry. I don't mind the gory horror. I love the goopy stuff, the shitty, like creepy, disgusting special effects. But that second half is just like, how how much can we can we torture these people? Like not necessarily even torture them as in hold them down, but, oh, I'm going to do this to you. You're going to get all cut up. You're going to run away. And then I'm going to I'm going to you're going to get this really slight reprieve. And then I'm going to do it all again. I'm going to do it all again. I'm going to do it all again. And it just becomes like mindless at that point where it's like, I'm not getting any, I just want the movie to end. Like I'm not really enjoying, I'm not like disgusted by it, but it just becomes boring. It For me, it becomes like old hat. Let's explore some new idea rather than, oh, she gets away or this guy comes into the picture and he helps her. And then they get away for like 30 seconds. And then art comes with his disgusting face and he, has the cat of nine tail with scalpels all over it and he whips her with it. It's like, okay, that's, that's, I guess that's a clever idea, but you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And then they get away again and then something else happens. And then he comes in again. Let's spice it up a little bit. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's maybe give the illusion that something different is going to happen. But I, I just think that, to- that Tara part of the story is the most interesting part. And we could have just ended it from there. And that's why for me, like I didn't even. I did watch it, but I felt like I don't even need to watch it. I don't care what happens because it's just going to be somebody getting hit with this or or while well, the scene that you mentioned with the bag, like the the sheet of plastic. And it it's an amusing scene and art like gives the finger and all this stuff. And it's kind of like it's entertaining, but I don't know. It feels like all these kind of tropey kind of things, especially like the cat lady with the baby. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. I did kind of laugh at the Buffalo Bill scene, not because, I mean, it's over the top and it's not anything that we haven't really seen before, but the reason why I laughed at it is the way Art is moving when he's wearing this torso. It it reminded me of Linda in The Evil Dead when she's like a skeleton and she's like a claymation thing walking around in the, uh, in the woods. I was like, he really looks, he's really moving like Linda right now. And he kept like shaking his head like a fucking bobblehead out of control and i don't know there's something about it i was like this is so fucking horrible and for whatever reason i'm laughing at how this idiot is you know waddling around doing this whole like nip tuck thing i do want to give credit to the actor i think david howard thornton which is hard to say really fast i i think he does a great job his the way he moves you know his his physicality the way his body type is he's really thin and and it adds to kind of this disturbing. He is actually movement. a mime, I guess. Yeah, I'm so. reading on IMDb that he's got like mime experience. So, and it makes sense. I mean, he he makes no sound other than sounds that he makes with the environment, but he as a character doesn't make any sound. So, I, like I said, I I feel like that's that's a positive part. I think that character is a or the the way that he's characterized is good. But I feel like just the character after a while, I can't. I don't know. I like kind of dread watching the second one because it is so long. Like, what are we in for for the second movie? So, again, having not seen it, I've heard they fix and do a lot of the things that people like a lot of the same complaints we're having, like the lack of story, lack of character development, lack of information about what art is, all that. From what I've heard is they kind of address a lot of that and they take a lot of that and give you a two and a half hour. I don't know if explanation is the right word, but more than I mean. You know, if you this is the first movie I can remember in a long time that somebody would go, oh, people are throwing up and dying in the theater or whatever. Like, I don't even remember the last time I, I heard a movie really talked about in that. I mean, I heard about that with The Exorcist, but yeah, I wasn't I was around when that Exorcist. came out. I don't know and if I, I heard about that, that with Jaws. I, mean, and, I think that's a good way to sell movies. But is that actually happening? Are they plants? I don't know. Yeah. This movie certainly has enough things that I could see being disturbing, but it's also kind of fake enough that I don't find myself like it. It's one. It feels pretty predictable. Like you might not know exactly what's going to happen, but you know, it's going to be pretty gross and you know, it's going to be not good for the characters who are not art. Is that fair? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, with some of the things that happen in this movie, especially the scene that we, we haven't talked about yet, the one that's like the, you know, the, elephant in the room more or less 
I don't really know how you're going to expand on this character and make him too much grosser than what he's done in this movie. Yeah. And do we want to talk about that scene now? I don't really feel like there. I mean, what's there to say? I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, I, I don't know if ruining it is. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie by now and you're even interested in it, I feel like you probably have. You know, neither of us saw it. I had a pretty good idea was of what I was getting into before I even hit play on this. I might not have known exactly what was going to happen. I did know about that scene because it's, you know, been out for six years and the Internet's a thing. I didn't know a thing about this movie except it had a clown. And I when I hit play and I, you had told me when we had talked before about this specific scene, but I wasn't quite sure if you meant that that was in part two or in part one. So I was kind of like, if it happens, I'm not going to be totally shocked. But if it doesn't, then, oh, that's going to be in the next one. You know, like it's going to come up at some point. That's the weirdest, like, if it happens, it happens type yeah, thing. To, you know, eh. I don't know the he the hacksaw. So this a, a person gets gets violated with a hacksaw. I mean, I think that's probably the most unspoilery way to say what happens. This thing is like the Ginsu knife of hacksaws. It oh, yeah. cuts it cuts through whatever it's cutting through super quick as if there is no resistance. To it. Well, that kind of leads to how this movie ends, too, because it makes you wonder, like, what the hell is this character, Arthur Clown? Because you also I mean, again, not to totally give away the ending, but the way this movie ends, there should be no terrifier too. like this should end about maybe like five minutes in movie time ahead of where it does based if this was a human character it yeah. doesn't and there this other thing that i find kind of gimmicky about this movie is also with the end and that's the twist that's thrown in i i just these kind of twist things like this that are just it's it's m night Shyamalan-esque twist i i feel like that's I don't know if that's an insult to Terrifier or an insult to M. Night Shyamalan, but someone's offended. It's it's meant to be, someone should be insulted. I don't know who, but. Yeah, I don't I don't really like M. Night Shyamalan, so I don't want to, I don't feel like he should be, insulted. he might be complimented by that, but. Influenced. He's, he, he, he was an influence on the twist. I don't know. I didn't even feel like it was that big a twist. I mean, with what happens, I mean, it's kind of standard to leave with any of these types of movies if whether you want to call this movie torture porn or if you want to call this movie a slasher movie i think it's kind of somewhere between the two for better or worse and the idea that you're going to just leave this movie totally closed off without the option to have another one that's just typically not what this kind of movie does even if you were to take it back like forget all the like reboots and sequels and all that type of stuff that we get now if you're trying to launch a slasher franchise or a new slasher character Ideally, you want to have at least three, four, you know, uh, shit, there's fucking 12 Hellraiser movies. And this is about on par with the with any of those. I don't have experience with those other than one movie. So I, I yeah, can't agree fine. or disagree. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on it before we kind of get into hot dog area or? No, I don't really have much else to say, because like I said, it's just so short. I mean, it's. It's very, it's a very, it's a very one trick pony. So it's, it's hard without going point by point to talk about, well, this happens, then this happens, then that happens. Like we've talked before to make an hour of content out of an hour and a half of movie without just rehashing everything that happens. I feel like we've rehashed enough on it. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I feel like you have a good idea. Yeah. We haven't explicitly said the majority of the things that happen in this right. movie. Oh, there was one thing I actually do want to bring up before we get into hot dogs. Looking back on my notes real quick. How do you feel about him using a gun? That was really fun. That was like really off-putting to me for some reason. He's there's a scene where he is beating the hell out of somebody with something, and then the the tide gets turned a little bit, right? At some it's point, the other way around. She's beating the hell out of him with a two by four with or a two something by four. Like that. And that scene itself is stupid because this. I mean, it's a movie, right? Of course, it's stupid. But this clown, she finally gets the upper hand. One of the characters finally gets the upper hand on on art hits him with this two by four and is actually like dazing him. And then she says, come like, come on, motherfucker, come and get some or something like that. It's like, he doesn't yeah, have I, to come I and get some because he's already been beating your ass this entire I, movie. I hate when people like, why would you stop beating this thing until it stops moving? It's like, killed all these people. And you're just what like, you yeah. just watched at this point. Why would you stop and taunt him? But, but art art is kneeling. And then all of a sudden out of his boot, out of his clown shoe, he pulls like a, a pistol and he shoots at her. I guess that's 
that's part of the character, right? He's torturing this person. So he could have done that all along. But yeah, I just thought that was really out of left field. Like you've had this gun the whole time. Again, maybe it's he's the he's the terrorizer, right? The movie's called the Terrorizer. Art the Clown is the terrorizer. Let's not make any bones about it. So maybe that's like a last resort. Oh, I'm I am finally getting my butt beat a little bit here. I I need to tip the scale back into my favor. I thought it was kind of kind of dumb, but I did get a kind of a laugh out of it, but almost like a this is so stupid kind of laugh. I kind of laughed at it too, and like. Well, I guess at the end of the day, as long as the scorecard is on your, like the tally goes on your side, I guess that's all that matters if you're Art the Clown. But it was the kind of thing that, I mean, I don't want to say that it's not in slasher movies because there's there's several just off the top of my head where guns are, you know, a major thing. But it wasn't what I was expecting to see out of this movie. With all the other things you'd seen so far up to this point. And even after. Yeah, and after. A gun seemed like the last thing that this character was going to be pulling out of his, you know bag of tricks. shoes of tricks right yeah. right exactly but there you go I, I spoiled one of the big like plot twists for whoever oh, hasn't watched no. this so hot dogs you want to go first or you want me to go first i i have a little bit of a longer one like i have like i said i kind of give gave this a rating as the movie went along so i don't know if you want me to give that spiel first it might be a little bit of a long one no i'll i'll go first because i don't think okay. mine's going to be that long so for me this movie is you know right around like i said it it's I'd probably give it right around six, six and a half hot dogs out of 10, you know, hot dog or, oh no, 10 human head jack-o'-lanterns. We'll go with that. You you stole my thing. Good. <laughs> you did that to me a couple weeks ago. So. Human head candles. Yeah. This movie is kind of one of those movies that you really do get exactly what you expect out of it. Just maybe a little bit more than if you're not into or if you don't have a history with this kind of movie. For better or worse, I think this movie lives up to its reputation. I think it lives up to its name. I do think that there's a good chance that we're going to be seeing a lot more of Art the Clown. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is the next franchise that we see for the next decade or two, just because I think there's enough there that and people are going to keep watching it. But as far as like my overall opinion, meh. It's not bad. It's not great. It's it's a movie about a murdering clown. It's a 2016 slasher in a nutshell. So I kind of gave this a, a rating with about 20 minutes left to go. At that point, <laughs> I, I would have given it five out of 11. And I think because it like I said, we start at five with an hour with a movie this short. We start at five and the scales can be tipped either way, depending on how it goes from there. You know, things that happen that we think are or that I think are kind of cool. Maybe I'll add some points to it. Things that happen that I think are kind of stupid. Maybe we take some point, some points off of it. But like I said earlier, the movie to me is just murder by number. The The main villain is silent, which I think works in this movie. It might not. And it works in a lot of, honestly, a lot of horror slasher type movies. I, I don't need the motivation. I don't need to know the motivation of the character. But I, I feel like I need to know a little bit more than just terrorizing for terrorizing's sake. The runtime, like we've mentioned, is 85 minutes, and I feel like in this case, it's a blessing. I don't know how you could pad out a movie to be more than that, because the majority of these characters, there's just so little information about them. Most of the time, they use their names less than three times throughout the movie. So Dawn, the blonde, the only reason I knew Dawn's name is because her cell phone. You know, on the text message that gets sent from her phone, it says Dawn. Tara, obviously, the sister says it. They say Dawn's name earlier, but I totally forgot about it until the phone scene pops yeah up. i was trying to think like what is that character's name and then i saw it on the phone i'm like oh that must be her phone then i kind of thought at first her name was vicky which is tara's sister who comes in to the you know t- to the rescue they like i said they use the mo- most of the names very sparingly through the movie like the exterminator guy oh mike the other guy i just in my notes i just called him dante because he looked like dante from clerks like i have no idea what that guy's <laughs> name is i think that uh, each, his name well, is will they, the exterminator yeah, I think when he calls, when Mike, the other exterminator, calls him, I think you hear his name on the answering, on the message. Or I think, no, he call, he picks up and he's tired. I just like that, you know, looking at, I'm looking at the cast right now and, you know, everything. And this kind of speaks to how little they use the names on it. They literally, like, tell you, Mike, the exterminator, Will, the exterminator. And the only reason you can tell them apart is because they physically look that far apart. So Right. Yeah, one guy's bald and one guy has hair. I mean, it'd be like looking at you and me and like, which one's which? Pretty much. I think each other, I think each character other than art is really just, I mean, it's grist for the mill, right? It's lambs to the slaughter. I I feel like this kind of whole idea or maybe this 
short or this small of an idea stretched out would have been would have really worked a lot better when the genre was new. But because the movie really doesn't do anything new, the only thing that it tries to do that's new is to try and gross you out, maybe make you, I don't know, be a little bit more disturbing per each each kill. It kind of hits the peak with with Dawn and then it kind of takes this dip and it kind of goes back up a little bit. I feel like this could have been, like I mentioned before, 45 minutes. I think viewers that aren't familiar with the genre, they might think this is a better movie that than you or I, especially me. But uh, they might be impressed with it. I, I really wasn't. I think after that final 20 minutes where I was saying five out of 11 pizza guy head candles, I would go three out of 11, honestly, towards the end. Wow. Because I was just so tired of seeing this. I would I can't even say cat and mouse. Because when I think of cat and mouse, I think of like a back and forth. There was no real back and forth. It was just like, I'm beating you up and you're getting away for five seconds and I'm beating you up again. And you're get. it's like beating up on your little brother. You know, there's no, there's no challenge to it. And there, he's not getting away. You're just like getting him in a body triangle and you're beating the shit out of him. That's kind of how I felt about art and these victims. He's, he's such an all powerful kind of being in this movie that the victims don't have a chance. There's no, I mean, they barely get a, the, the, the people that get away, I'm going to leave it open. The people that get away, get away on a technicality. Like they barely get away. Oh yeah. No. And that's all fair. I actually a little surprised just on some of the practical effect work and stuff like that, that you didn't ha- at least keep it at a five, but I can respect that. You feel the hatred. I'm okay with that. I thought the, like I said, for the amount of money, like I didn't know how much this was made for. So that didn't really play into any decision. I thought for the most part, it looked pretty good, the the effects, but I just hated that last half of the movie so much. That was like, I can't, I can't ever, if I ever were to watch this again, which I won't, but if I were to watch it again, I would only watch up to where Tara dies. And then that's it. Cause I feel like that's the most entertaining part of that movie. You got to at least watch to have them be befuddled by a piece of plastic again. I mean, All right, I'll clip that. that part out and I'll just edit it directly into after that death. And her death itself was just pointless. Like I Unclimatic. felt like magic. Yeah. What's that? It's unclimatic. And it's yeah. weird because you're I mean, I guess you could say on the one hand, this kind of subverts expectations of a slasher movie, because in most of these movies, you get the, you know, the trope of the final girl, who's the one girl who you're following through the whole story. And she, she might or might not get away, but she makes it to the end of the movie. This almost has like a trade-off in the middle of the movie where it's like, oh, you thought that was the final girl? Nope, it's her sister because, well, we still have 45 minutes to pad out here. Right. We got to do some, we got to have something here. There's only two other people. Well, there's like one other person in the movie. No, two. There are two other characters in the movie at this point that anything can happen to and you're not going to. And one guy that shows up randomly. Right. And Art is not a, Art the Clown is not a, is not a villain that takes his time. At the beginning, he does the first 15 minutes or so. He's kind of like. You're getting that creep factor, but after that, it's just all, all bets are off. You know, I had one other note that I didn't mention that might be worth a laugh. Going all the way back to the beginning of the movie, you know, after the guy cleans out the bathroom, that Art fucks up. Yeah. I thought it was really funny that Art comes in and is in like, you know, murder mode and the phone in the pizza shop rings and he still answers the phone. He immediately gets his hand cut off after he answers the phone, but he still picks up the phone when the phone's ringing, which if I see that clown in the pizza shop at all, I've already quit. I'm already leaving. I'm already in the parking lot. I'm gone. I'm unemployed at this point. I'm, you know, when I go to the unemployment line and they say, why did you quit your job? I'm just showing a picture of that clown and they're going to give me all the money because they're like, nope, you should take some time off. Well, no time and a half. I mean, yeah. Do you see that? The fact that, yeah. I actually had not seen that part and I was like, I don't feel like I need to rewind to catch that. But him picking up the phone in the middle of being attacked by a murder clown, I thought was kind of funny. I give you that. All right. Anything we want to tack on at the end here? Any other? You said you had a lot of notes. Anything that you skipped over? I, I skipped over a couple things. So, nah, I mean, other than me bitching about art a little bit more, I think nothing, nothing constructive. I didn't really think the part about him, him dancing in the, in the vehicle. I thought that that was like hokey with that fucking disjointed, like Discordian, I don't know, avant jazz, avant garde jazz shit. I was like, oh my God, this is like that. A lot of the movie, I, I don't even know how much of this I'll include in the actual final part, but a lot of the movie I felt was, what's this guy's name that, that wrote this and directed it? Damien Leon, son of Sergio Leon. Oh, really? I just felt that this was like edgelord, edgelord 90s, like emo teen emo teens idea of 
edgy horror movie. Like, that's what I felt a lot of this movie was. Like, I, I saw an Eli Roth movie. I saw Hostel, and I'm going to be as gross as I can be with this movie. I saw Hostel, but I also like ICP. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, li- I saw Hostel, but I'm also a juggalo. Right. It, that's kind of like what the, the movie felt like to me. And it, it just was like, I don't know. It gets to that shock factor and it's like, I'm 45 years old, man. I've seen a lot of fucking movies. And if you think this is shocking, you need to watch some more movies because, you know, I've seen a lot of shit. Now that you framed it like that, I want to change my score. I can't rightfully give a Juggalo a, a, a six and a <laughs> half. So I'm going to take that down to a five and a half based on Juggalitis because... No offense to the Juggalos out there, okay? I mean, I don't want you on my case, but I, don't I mean, we're near I'm Grand sure. Central for, for that, the epicenter of it. but. That's true. It just felt like your edgy nephew who wants to impress you, you know, doing something, doing something outrageous. And it's like, dude, I I, I was doing that when I was, you know, I was doing that 40 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. All right. I think with that, that's pretty much enough on this one. I I think we've dragged Sean through another clown clown movie for enough for the week. Got to watch Terrifier 2. I'm looking forward to it. We could take a break. We don't we we just had recently had two Halloween movies back to back. We don't need to have two of any other series back to back for a little bit. So unless you really want to, I don't I don't. So I'll give you a break. Oh, thank you. I'm the one who was okay with the movie. All right. Well, that's enough of that. So enough of this shit. In the meantime, let us know what you thought about this. Do you love Terrifier? Do you love Juggalos? Do you like Fago? Any of these things, let us know. Send us some feedback, whether it's on uh, social medias. We're at Dewey Podmonster on all the socials. You can always go to our site. It is crap.town. There's options for feedback on there, including voicemails. If you want to tell us that we're idiots and that clowns are awesome, you can do that. And we can use it as part of an upcoming episode. Episode, episodes, whatever. Do what you want to do. Sean, where can people find you? You can find out my how I became the authority on Michigan craft beer by checking out my YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.drafttherapy.com. You can also check me out on all the social media platforms at draft therapy. I don't ever post there, but you can always follow me and that'll, that'll stroke my ego a little bit for the day. Well, good. After clowns, we need plenty of ego stroking. Uh, we're, we're creeping up on the runtime of this movie. So we're going to cut here. That is the show rule. We do not talk about a movie longer than the movie itself. So until next week, have yourself a good one and cheers.